time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. Welcome to the show, guys. July the 7th. 2021, July is flying by. Summer is flying by. Enjoy every day if you can. By the way, um, real quick, the show has experienced uh, exponential growth. It's, it's growing dramatically. And uh, what I need you to do today, if you would, if you like the show, uh, share it with others. Uh, for many people, podcasting is kind of a new thing. I get it. And for others, uh, you know, they've been doing it forever. So what I need you to do today, if you would, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, okay, to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson, and then take that link and share it with your friends. Share it with your friends, because uh, this is a unique program, uniquely entertaining. It's about the day's events. We try to put it in a nutshell, around 40 minutes or so, and, uh, and include some humor if we can. All right? So there you go. Apple Podcasts and Newsmax Daily with moi. Rob Carson on Apple Podcasts. Very simple to find. Very simple to find. If you need the other digital platforms, just go to uh, uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. Jenna Ellis was on Rob Schmidt's show yesterday. Apparently, uh, Donald Trump has a big announcement today. We're not sure what it is. Is it a new social media platform? Is it uh, something about the 2020 election? Is it about announcing that he's going to run in 2024? We don't know what it is here. She is hinting about it last night. Uh, He also put out uh, this statement on Saturday. He's expected to make a major announcement about his efforts to protect First Amendment rights. Uh, That'll happen in Bedminster, New Jersey uh, on Wednesday. He's going to be joined by Linda McMahon, or McCann, I should say, and Brooke Rollins from the America First Policy Institute. Any indications what this is going to be about? I'm so excited. So I just spoke with Liz Harrington, uh, the President Trump spokesperson over the weekend, Mm -hmm. and she said that, of course, um, obviously, you know, we can't get ahead of the president, but she said in her words, it's going to be huge. And so, again, President Trump has fought for freedom of speech against censorship, and he has been the tip of the spear in this fight. So I'm really excited for his announcement. And I think that he's doing, obviously, much more than the current sitting installed president uh, to actually fight for the agenda that Americans truly care about. All right. We will see. We will see. Could be big news. Uh, in fact, I'm sure it will be big news. Uh, I have been a victim of uh, censorship on Facebook, a couple of pages. One major page was getting over 100,000 visits a week. It was taken down on November the 4th, the day after the election. It just disappeared. They never told me what I did, what I posted that was wrong. They just took it away and made it go away. And then they went after my personal page. It had all my family pictures for the last 12, 15 years. I yelled at them and I said, this is just vicious. And they actually gave me access, uh, you know, to, to be able to get the pictures, maybe add a post every once in a while. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the announcement today. We will see what happens. By the way, U.S. gas prices have uh, risen 40% since January 1st. Highest in seven years. So you did save 16 cents on your <laughs> big celebration for July 4th, according to the <laughs> Jen Saki. But uh, you're, you're putting another, you know, 15, 20 bucks in your tank every time you fill up. There you go. Average price of gas has climbed to 313, a high for the year and up 40% since January the 1st, up like 80% since last year. America is stockpiling. Supermarkets are buying 25% more supplies as they predict inflation will soar and cost of essentials like bacon and milk are rising by up to 14%. Here we go again, kids. Here we go again. Retailers are currently buying up to 25% more groceries than usual ahead of the predicted rise. Numerous household stables are climbing pretty dramatically. I've noticed this, particularly with the price of beef. It's gone through the ceiling. Spartan Nash in Michigan, a retailer, has uh, bought up to 25% more than normal, including frozen meat. CEO Tony Sarsom says that the unique inflationary period has caused a feeding frenzy. 
The inflation pressure we're seeing is significant. General Mills CEO Jeff Harmoning said at a recent investor conference, it's probably higher than we've seen in the last decade. Kimberly Clark, which makes Kleenex and Scott toilet paper, said it will be raising prices about 60% of its products. Uh, This means supermarkets are forced to shell out more to buy goods because of the gas price and uh, inflation is going to soar. And welcome back, Carter, everybody. Welcome back, Carter. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Now, did you get your your vaccine? Well, you see, I'm not uh, allowed to ask you that because of uh, HIPAA rules. Yeah, I'm not I'm not allowed to ask you that question because of HIPAA rules. Uh, it is illegal for me to ask you that, but that's that's going to be okay actually. That apparently is going to be perfectly fine with the Biden administration because that's what they're planning on doing. They're planning on coming to your house. They're coming planning on coming to your house and they are planning on uh asking you if you got your vaccine and if you haven't gotten your vaccine, uh, I'm assuming recommending you get it. But here's the president yesterday talking about going door to door. A special focus on five ways to make gains in getting those of you who are unvaccinated vaccinated. Because here's the deal. We are continuing to wind down the mass vaccination sites that did so much in the spring to rapidly vaccinate those eager to get their first shot and their second shot, for that matter, if they needed a second. Now we need to go to community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors to get help to the remaining people protected from the virus. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say get off my lawn. You know, I'm a little young to be saying get off my lawn. But in this case, I definitely uh, would like to say uh, get off my lawn. That's what I'm going to say. When uh, the person arrives, the volunteer or somebody who's getting paid uh, much more than minimum wage to walk door to door and say, hey, you need a vaccine. The government is demanding that you get a vaccine. Okay, Uh, I'm going to say, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Here's a little bit more um, of his uh, speech yesterday. In today's briefing, we discussed how the Delta variant is already responsible for half of all cases in many parts of this country. It's more easily transmissible, potentially more dangerous. And it should be because of reconsideration. And look, let me put it another way. It seems to me it should cause everybody to think twice. And it should cause reconsideration. How about while you're asking us to think twice, you just think once. Just just try to actually think once. Especially young people. But the good news is that our vaccinations are highly effective. Fully vaccinated Americans have a high degree of protection, including against this Delta variant. Study after study after study has shown that since early May, virtually every COVID-19 hospitalization and death in the United States has been among the unvaccinated. So if you're vaccinated, you're protected. But if you're unvaccinated, you're not. And you're putting yourself, more importantly, maybe from your perspective, your family and your friends at risk. No, not, not if they've been so vaccinated. please get vaccinated yeah. now. No. It works. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. It's never been easier. Yeah. And it's never been more important. Why don't you whisper? Yeah. Uh, honestly, uh, none of your business, first of all, if I decide to uh, get the vaccine or not. And and the more that I get government uh, propaganda, the more I go, huh? And I think most people are being that way. 78% of people who have made up their mind whether they're going to, you know, not going to get the vaccine. 78% of people who've made up that they're not going to change their mind, no matter what you do. So going to door to door is not going to make things better. Here's Jen Saki talking about, are you ready for some hot Saki? Jen Saki talking about uh, going door to door. 
healthcare settings and respond to hotspots. The president will outline five areas his team is focused on to get more Americans vaccinated. One, uh, targeted community by community door-to-door outreach to get remaining Americans vaccinated by ensuring they have the information they need on how both safe and accessible the vaccine is. Two, a renewed emphasis on getting the vaccines to more primary care doctors and physicians, something that we've seen. You know, honestly, there, there is vaccine, vaccine everywhere. Uh, honestly, it's falling from the sky. Uh, there's no excuse that you you uh, should not have a vaccine. Uh, Joe Biden said that the uh, the big national vaccine sites, the vaccination sites, he said they've been an enormous success. They haven't. They've been a giant, massive failure. They've been a complete and utter failure. And only like 3% of people who got vaccinated went to those sites because they were a giant government failure. Uh, my daughter went and got the vaccine. Uh, That was her decision, and uh, we went to a giant government facility. Honestly, it's huge. It's like 80,000 square feet. You go in, literally, there's nobody in there, and they've got, uh, you know, lines and ropes up everywhere, like carnival rides. It's just absolutely, uh, it's absolutely nuts. Here's Grant Stinchfield of Newsmax talking about uh, coming door-to-door. Door-to-door begging people to get vaccinated. Somebody please tell me. If the vaccine is supposed (laughs) to be voluntary... Don't forget it's a vaccine. It's not even yet approved by the FDA. Yeah. Why are you doing this? I'll tell you why. Because Joe Biden missed his 4th of July vaccination goal of having 70% of American adults vaccinated by now. Ruh-roh. He just cares about optics. And now private enterprise, federal agencies are all drinking the vaccine Kool-Aid. I got vaccinated. I did it for my family. Oh, here's the propaganda. This is great. And these are all people who've gotten vaccinated. They're still wearing masks and they're public workers, by the way. My friends and all the passengers. Now you do your part. I got vaccinated for my family, my friends and co-workers. I got vaccinated. Why are you still wearing a mask? There's no reason for you to wear a mask. There is no reason for you to wear a mask unless somebody told you you have to wear the mask for the commercial. And you should too. I got vaccinated. The vaccine is safe and effective. How does that guy know it's safe and effective? If it's so safe and effective, why are they all wearing masks after being vaccinated? <laughs> no, it's just too stupid. It really is. It just uh, honestly, guys, uh, it, it, it's you. If you are not at least questioning some things at this point, then you're a sheep. Okay, if you're not questioning a lot of the stuff that's going on, the over-the-top response to January 6th, the unarmed insurrection at the state at the Capitol versus the billions of dollars that was cam- happened with BLM and Antifa rallies and and, uh, and riots where they burned cities like Minneapolis and. Uh, Portland and it's still ongoing and they're they're not covered you should question why are they focused on that uh, you know, or or you should question. You know, why uh, two thousand people came forward with sworn affidavits saying that they saw uh, election fraud and nobody's paying attention. Nobody in the news is covering it. I know. You know, I'm just saying that there's some things that you kind of got to go, huh, huh. And now we have got the president of the United States sounding desperate, desperate. Oh please, please go get the vaccine. We'll come door to door. We'll come door to door. Don't come door to door to my house. I'll be polite, but I'll say get off my lawn. So uh, last week. There was no crime crisis in America. Uh, Lori Lightfoot said that the crime was going down in Chicago. We found out that 230 people in the United States were shot to death over Independence Holiday weekend this year. 
Over two dozen people were shot in New York City. Uh, New York Post reporting that the violence in the city, uh, the fatal was uh, at least uh, 26 people shot across 21 separate incidents between Friday and Sunday, with more shootings reported early Monday. Police said over 90 people were shot in Chicago, including a six-year-old girl. Chicago Tribune wrote, it was the most people shot over July 4th holiday weekend since at least 2017, when 103 people were shot between 3 p.m. June 30th and 6 a.m. July 5th. Uh, shooting victims in Atlanta, including a professional golfer, was was murdered. In Norfolk, Virginia, uh, they, a bunch of kids, four children, uh, were shot on Friday, including a six-year-old girl who was initially reported to be suffering life-threatening injuries, but apparently has uh, recovered or is recovering a 14-year-old boy, a 16-year-old girl, a 16-year-old boy. Wow, 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 wow. But yesterday... America's governor, who has been accused of uh, by 80 people of sexual harassment or bullying, Andrew Cuomo decided that he was going to make, now listen to this real quick, because they made the coronavirus a national emergency or a state emergency, and they were able to close down everything, including your kid's school, including your work, including your favorite restaurant. Uh, You couldn't go to a concert for a year. And now he is uh, declaring Andrew Cuomo a a disaster emergency in New York, a a gun violence disaster emergency. Listen to this. Treat gun violence as it is, which is really a public health emergency. What an awful voice he has. I mean, emergency. Oh, and by the way, I think racism is also a public health emergency, right? Is that? And then the climate change. That's what it is, and that's how we're going to treat it. So we're going to take a criminal gun violators and put them in nursing homes. That is our solution. No. So today, first state in the nation is going to declare a disaster emergency on gun violence. Now, this is a national problem. Wow. I get it. But somebody has to step up and somebody has to... How about you, uh, you know, respect the police, uh, you uh, put the police in hot areas, and you let them do their jobs. How about that? How about that? ...address it. And the place that should step up and address it is the state of New York, and we should do it comprehensively and honestly. Nothing is going to happen. ...and creative, and that's what today is all about, because this is the state. When it sees an injustice, we don't look the other way. We oh, you mean like injustice, like sexually harassing a whole bunch of women? Stand up and we fight it, and that's what we're going to do with gun violence. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah huh, sure, there you go. Um, here's the thing. It's going to invest $138 million in intervention, prevention, and jobs programs to engage at-risk youth to get young people off the streets. Democrats have been promising this for decades, and every year they say that they're going to spend more money on prevention and jobs programs to engage at-risk youth and get young people off the streets. Yeah, they say that every year, every election year. They're going to partner with the John Day College of Criminal Justice to strengthen police community relations. How about putting those uh, uh, 600 beat cops back on the street so they can actually uh, engage the public? And, and, And remember, by the way, not too long ago, when police would walk down the street, people would thank them for their service. People would respect them. When the 350 police and firefighters went into the World Trade Center and were crushed to death 
We celebrated uh, law enforcement. We celebrated it. But the left in this country has been attacking police for the last two years. And now police in places like Chicago, mobs show up, jump on their cars, wreck their cars, hurl frozen water bottles at them. Hundreds of police officers were injured in the riots that happened this year and continue in places like Portland. How about that? Because you can't fix that because you really screwed things up. So the First Nation uh, gun violence disaster emergency is a new comprehensive strategy to build a safer New York. This strategy treats gun violence as a public health crisis, using short-term solutions to manage the immediate gun violence crisis and reducing the shooting rate, uh, as well as long-term solutions that focus on community-based intervention and prevention strategies to uh, break the cycle of violence. Well... One of the things, if you are being honest, you're going to have to be honest about the explosion of crime in uh, areas, inner cities with people of color, where the national murder murder rate is 13 times the national average. And in places like Chicago, about 95% of those who are shot are uh, people of color being shot by other people of color. So let's focus on that, shall we? And the the breakdown of the uh, black nuclear family. How about that? How about the cultural issues that are existing out there, like in San Francisco, where mobs are breaking into stores or in, in Chicago? Same thing happened. A mob of people went downtown. They were wilding, causing damage, breaking out windows. Uh, and, and they. Uh, I'm just going to mention those crowds have been pretty monochromatic. And I've been fighting for inner city youth, kids of color for 30 years. So don't call me racist. I'm just saying I want this generation to be the last generation to go through this. But unfortunately, as long as Democrats are around, it'll just get worse. Yeah. This is a story that's going to break your heart. Ladarius Clardy, 18 years old, Kennesaw State University student, was murdered this weekend. 18 years old. Local sheriff in Pensacola said 50 bullets were fired into the teenager's car. He was a backup quarterback for Kennesaw State University. He was studying business, and his father praised his ambition and dedication. No arrests have been made, and sheriffs have issued a $10,000 reward for information. Here is his heartbroken father. I can only imagine. I love you, son. And I got your back like always. Ladarian Clarity is lost without his son, Ladarius. We talked every morning, whether I call him or he called me, whether it was a text message or a FaceTime, just to motivate each other. Just the small things, the simple things. He was my everything. It was more than something. He wants justice for Ladarius, who everyone knew as LD. I miss you so much. And I'd do anything to see you again. He was a star quarterback at Pine Forest until 2020. He just finished his first year playing for Kennesaw State. He had his whole life in front of him. And was killed just a few hours after getting back into town. I, I can't imagine being his father. Here's the chief of police and, uh, and his father talking about the case, and I hope and pray they find the person who, uh, who did it. But there's a good chance they won't. He says they're still working to determine a motive. At this point, we don't believe it was drug-related. Uh, it certainly wasn't directly drug-related, and uh, we're not even sure if uh, if LD was the um, the intended target. I'm really begging and pleading with him to turn themselves in, so so me and his mom could be at peace. God bless you, brother. I'm so sorry, so sorry for your loss. It's heartbreaking, and the media glosses over it, and they look at you know 
300 or 200 some people getting killed in the country over the weekend and they blame it on uh, gun uh, sales uh, shops that are regulated hyper regulated by the government and uh, they just seem to never get the problem right and um, here we go again you know here we go again here's greg kelly talking about uh, chicago and the and the black lives that apparently don't matter Black lives do matter, not the way the Black Lives Matter movement says. They only care when a black life is taken by a white cop. No, black lives matter. All lives matter. And uh, a lot of lives were unnecessarily lost this weekend due to violence, especially in Chicago. All across the country, you can see 500 shootings, 233 people killed, 618 wounded. But the worst of it was in Chicago, the epicenter, if you will. This is in Afghanistan, by the way. This is here. Four people shot. 19 of them were killed. At least 13 of the wounded were children. One of the victims was 19-year-old National Guard soldier Chris Carvajal. He stepped outside of a party on the northwest side of Chicago when someone drove by and opened fire. He was visiting his family at the time. They say he was never in a gang, did not hang out with the wrong type of people. Uh, Just a horrendous situation happening all across the country. We are so sorry for that family's loss. He was just 19 years old and a true patriot. Dear Lord. Here is a Newsmax National Report talking to uh, Sheriff David Clark about the violence in Chicago. Recently, we've heard Mayor Lightfoot saying crime is on the decline. What are the facts here? What do you believe is behind this rise in violence? Mayor Lightfoot is hallucinating. She knows it. (laughs) Uh, Think of these figures, 100 shot in one city alone. Excuse me. In Chicago, leaving 14 dead. This happens every weekend, Friday to Sunday, during the summer. And the there was 19 dead, actually, in Chicago, ultimately, the last weekend. In Chicago, not just in Chicago, in New York, Milwaukee, all across the country. All cities controlled by liberal Democrat mayors and their failed policy. What boggles my mind is... Including that, defund the police, which is a Democrat policy. The inability of these people, between Lightfoot or any mayor, between their police chief, police commissioner, police superintendent, in her case, superintendent... To get their arms around this thing. This is kind of a metaphor for, you know, what uh, Kamala Harris did with the border. She's put in charge of the border. And instead of going to the border, she goes to the root causes in the Northern Triangle. Uh, So they're taking a circuitous route around the solution to the problem. That's what they do. So you're going to come up with a task force and you're going to increase, you know, uh, training for kids and and uh, you're going to, you know, send, uh, you know, spend more money, create a federal office or or a state office, whatever. And nothing will happen. It's a very circuitous route. Not to the problem, but around the problem, avoiding it completely. It happens all over the place. All over the place. Oh, by the way, Newsmax is reporting that Axios story, that uh, Axios has tracked 54 recalls with 135 members targeted of school boards around the country. This is twice what it is normally because people are mad about critical race theory and also school closings and mask mandates. Okay. There are schools around the country that kids have been out of school for a year and a half, and they're finally going back to school this fall. And we have a lost generation. Literally, they're saying a million kids essentially have disappeared off the radar because they haven't been online at schools. They haven't been uh, uh, doing their lessons. They just disappeared. Now, in Loudoun County, Virginia, a political action committee led by former Trump Justice Department Ian Pryor, his official Ian Pryor, Sponsoring a recall of school board members, those school board members are accused of being part of the Facebook group that created and shared a list of parents who opposed racist critical race theory. They did. They doxed them. 
They doxed them. Insane. Four out of seven members of the Mequon Teensville School District Board of Education in Wisconsin are being recalled over the school district's response to the COVID-19 pandemic and introducing critical race theory lessons. Two board members for the Litchfield School District are also facing recall efforts after the board approved an equity statement. Okay, Parents in other communities are seeking to oust board members for delaying a return to in-person learning. Here is Senator John Kennedy with some common sense comments about critical race theory. That's why critical race theory also teaches that white children are born bad. It teaches that black children are born trapped. There's almost no hope for them. It's a very fatalistic point of view. Yes, it is. In my judgment, critical race theory is cynical. My kids are colorblind. And when I say that to people who support critical race theory, they say that is racist. (laughs) <laughs> you can't win no matter what you say i'm married to a black person though you're racist and that's what you're the reason you got because you wanted to appear not racist uh you adopted uh, black children because of some sort of uh, tokenism you want to be able to walk around with your black children nothing you can do is right even though you're not racist and your kids aren't racist and your kids hang out with kids of different color and it doesn't matter at all back to the senator a historical uh sophomoric insipid and dumb as a bag of hair um america is not a racist country we have racists in it a bag of hair huh i do boxer rocks but bag of hair is pretty stupid too just like everywhere else But most Americans, black and white, think a whole lot more about character than they do about race. They believe in equality, and most Americans understand that uh, to a bear, we all taste like chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's pretty good, actually. I'm afraid I'd be a tough chicken. Not, Not too good. Yeah. New poll from the Convention of States Action and the Trafalgar Group found that nearly 50% of American voters think Joe Biden is a pino, president in name only, and that others, other sources are actually in charge. 32% of Democrat voters do not believe that President Biden is fully executing the duties of his office. 32% of Democrats! And just over 58% of independent voters do not believe that he is in charge. In other words, the lights are on, but nobody is home. Spicer and Company had uh, radio host Dave Rubin on to talk about Joe Biden being, uh, he's a puppet. I think that's the million dollar question. You know, I interviewed President Trump about 10 days ago and I asked him that very question and he sort of said he doesn't know. I mean, I think there's some debate as to whether it's whatever is left of the Clinton machine or is it really the Obama machine or is there something even sort of more radical than that that really is also driving all of the BLM stuff and the critical race theory stuff and everything else. So I don't know who's in charge, but I do know one thing. It's not Joe Biden. It's obviously not Joe Biden. We all know. He was in charge of his ice cream order this weekend. He got two scoops of vanilla with chocolate chips on it. He did it all by himself like a big boy. That there is something cognitively wrong with him. The stuttering, the stammering, the inability to maintain a thought. Then these odd moments where he keeps actually saying what he thinks and then telling us that he's going to get in trouble for it. I mean, imagine <laughs> wow. imagine if this was Trump or if Trump was walking out there when he's getting ice cream and he had to have notes in front of him to know what to say. It's like, 
I don't know who's in charge, but I know it ain't that guy. Okay. Now, if you uh, need your memory refreshed, I do have a new montage of uh, Uncle Joe. Let me see if I can find it here. Yeah, uh, a new montage of Uncle Joe not being able to hold it together. He's kind of uh, pretty much out of it. Actually, I'll just go ahead and play. This is enough vaccine to fully vaccinate 300 Americans. I wrote the bill on the environment. Yeah. Going up the stairs, falling down three times on Air Force One. Now, when President Harris and I took... Uh, President Harris. We're going to impose the... We're going to enforce the... Excuse me. Employ the Defense uh, Reconstructed Act from Wall Street to the... To the private... Private... Uh, uh, I'm not doing this for comic uh, relief, okay? I'm doing this because I need you to, to listen to this. You need to listen to this. Uh, uh, economic uh, polling initiatives. Welcome to Kingswood Community Center. Actually, that's the one down I used to work. It's a joke. My, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Ready to get something done. Okay, wow. <sighs> that we have a press that will not cover this. Will not acknowledge the obvious. And it is painfully obvious. Painfully obvious is just sad. Okay, the First Amendment. Most powerful piece of legislation in the history of mankind. And we have Democrats and mainstream media who are willing to literally toe the party line. They have all the freedom in the world to investigate the corruption, and they choose to toe the party line. Wow. Oh, uh, you know, we had the American flag uh, assaulted over the weekend. We had the 4th of July assaulted by uh, Representative Cory Bush, and they, they said it's a white holiday. Well, now the Washington Post is going after a Statue of Liberty. The headline is Lady Liberty's Shrinking Appeal. This is from uh, Philip Kennicott. And uh, he says that compared with other icons of national identity as am uh, ambiguous and ambivalent, as familiar to some Americans as the flag, the statue is just as meaningless or foreign to others, a sign without significance or worse, a symbol of hypocrisy or unfulfilled promises. He is absolutely wrong, by the way. He speaks for no one. And then he said, uh, the noble sentiments of the poem by Emma Lazarus, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, were all but effaced in the past four years of strident and often violent anti-immigrant sentiment. That is a lie. That is a lie. And by the way, Emma Lazarus submitted a poem and got, a, I think, a cash prize of $100 for that. It was not government policy. It was a poem that they put on there. Here is... Um, here is uh, uh, Vernon Jones on National Report on Newsmax talking about Cory Bush saying that, that the 4th of July was a, uh, is a white person's holiday. I agree with part of it. Black people are still not free to liberal, the liberal plantation. Uh, they are not free to liberals controlling their lives and making them feel like they're victims. They are not free uh, to taking their conservative values and their votes and giving it to someone who's completely destroyed the black community. I've said many times that liberals destroy the black community. Now it's time for the black community to destroy liberals. And she is one of those agent provocateurs that liberals get to carry out this message. It's good for them. It keeps blacks on plantations. So she's right in terms of not being free. Now, this is the greatest country on earth. I, I grew up on a farm, a four-room home, no indoor plumbing. If I can be a gubernatorial candidate, serve as a chief executive and in the state legislature and was successful in corporate America, I, I, I'm not free. Oh, I'm not free from what they want me to not be free from. Or I should say I am free. They want us to think that we're victims. They want us to think that we're held up and we're in bondage. 
In reality, Democrats have been holding black people hostage. I'm calling on black people right now to stand up, give them the key to that suite at that plantation, turn the lights off, walk the hell away from that, because they're not doing anything to help you. Very well said, my friend. Here is Alan West on Chris Salcedo's show, echoing the same sentiment. Well, Cora Bush is delusional, and if anything, she should be in jail. Cora Bush led violent uh, rallies, and you see right there on the screenshot, against innocent civilians, uh, Patty and Mark McCloskey in St. Louis. And she was also the head of a violent uh, march that ended with the, the uh, death of David Dorn. Uh-oh. Yeah, she led that march. This officer that we saw bleeding out on camera. She should not be sitting in Congress. She should not be on the House Judiciary Committee. I am a black man that was born in 1961 in a blacks-only hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. And look at where I am today. I'm talking to Chris Salcedo on Newsmax TV <laughs> and announced my candidacy to be a governor in the state of Texas. And he is going to... Uh, he's going to rock the party in uh, in Texas. He is a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and and of course the flag's been attacked. Uh, New York Times did a piece on the American flag. I mean, guys, can you believe this? Can you believe this? The New York Post or New York Times said uh, this uh, this weekend that uh, today flying the flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue, albeit an imperfect one, to a person's political affiliation in a deeply divided nation. Meaning the Democrats hate the country, so they never put the flag up. Supporters of uh, former President Donald Trump have embraced the flag so fervently as, as rallies across conservative media. And even during the January 6th assault on the Capitol, that many liberals worry that the left has all but ceded the national anthem to the, to the right. Or the national anthem to the right. No, just be patriotic and fly the flag. Instead of hating the country. Instead of hating the country. Here is uh, Tom Cotton talking about uh, this latest verbal desecration of the flag. And it reflects a kind of march through our cultural institutions, yeah. comic books, schools, and indoctrinating our kids to believe that kind of nonsense. Over the weekend, you saw the New York Times running a long story about how the flag, for goodness sake, is now a divisive symbol for many Americans. Look, we should be proud of our heritage and our founding principles. 245 years ago this weekend, our founding fathers declared our independence, not just because of local grievances over taxes or the quartering of soldiers, but because they wanted to found a new republic dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. As Abraham Lincoln said- Yeah, but there were slaves. Actually, slavery was the way of, way of the world, and many of the colonies had already outlawed uh, slavery before the uh, Declaration of Independence. At the Gettysburg Address. Now, we haven't always achieved that in practice, but our history has been one mm. of continually struggling to realize those... And we're the greatest engine of economic and individual freedom in the history of the world. There is no doubt about it. Ideals. That's exactly what Dr. Martin Luther King said in his I Have a Dream speech, in which he explicitly and repeatedly invoked the Declaration and said that we are the... Our work is the full realization of America's founding principles. We should teach our children, whether it's in the schools or in our movies and television, or yes, our comic books, to yeah. be proud of <laughs> and celebrate America's tradition. Yeah, by the way, now Captain America hates America. <laughs> That's the new thing. And apparently he's going across the country and he's meeting other Captain Americas. Uh, one of them's gay, one of them's a woman, and you know, it's, it's one's transgendered, amputee, I don't know, lesbian, whatever. Anyway, so it's, it is, the, the world is a mess. The, the country is a mess, I should say. San Francisco is, is a mess. 
Now, I, I don't know if you saw the the Instagram video of uh, a bunch of people storming into Neiman Marcus, breaking out uh, store cases, running out with uh, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise. Now, if you are like most Americans, most Americans, your blood boils. Uh, as far as looting is concerned, when there is a riot, I believe that shop owners should be able to defend themselves with weapons. But this happened in broad daylight, and there were literally police standing across the street taking video of it. Michael Savage appeared on uh, Cortez and Pellegrino. He lives in the cesspool of San Francisco. That video you just ran, there's cops standing in the street that do nothing. <laughs> Why are the cops doing nothing? London breed. Nancy Pelosi, Diane Feinstein, where London Breed is the uh, mayor of San Francisco. Are they? This and he's falling down, falling down, falling down. This is going on under their feet, in front of their eyes. This city is melting down. London Breed is. Oh, you got it. In front of our eyes, there is a solution. Bernie Carrick had the solution. Mr. Kelly has the solution. I have the solution. There's many solutions to this problem. They're closing the city down. They're robbing at will. They're beating people up in the streets, stabbing, beating, uh, clubs, you name it. Yep. This is a crime wave, and yeah. it's largely a minority crime wave. Let's be clear. It's a minority crime wave. It's not about... That makes you a racist. ...white privilege. It's about a minority crime wave, and they need tough police and a tough mayor, and it's got to stop. He mentioned uh, uh, Bernie Carrick, former uh, New York police commissioner. And here is what Bernie Carrick said about police on Cortez and Pellegrino. Now we're hearing the Democrats, some of them saying we're going to refund the police. But is that enough to bring more <laughs> Too back late. to the force? Too late. No. You, you know what you need? You need overall new leadership. Yep. Um, so it starts at the top down. You need governors that are not going to sign into law these bail reform laws that let criminals back out onto the street uh, and we get to hold them accountable. Uh, you need new prosecutors, not the ones that's being uh, funded by Soros, but real prosecutors who want to go out. And Do you suppose that Democrats are suddenly realizing that there's a crime crisis? They want to repair their image and also distract what's happening at the border. Have you heard a lot of border stories this week? Force the law and prosecute bad guys. <gasps> then you need mayors that are going to hire the cops, give them the resources they need to do the job, send them out on a mission to go do the job, and then you're going to support them. And indemnify that would be called common sense. By them when there's a problem, unless it's something criminal. Or it's, you know, really outrageously a, a problem administratively. You've got to support the men and women that work for you. You've got to stand by them. We don't see any of that in these Democrat-run cities. And that's the problem. And until that changes, you're going to see continued increases in violent crime, shootings, and murder. But they've got a new uh, Office of Gun Violence Prevention in New York State, and it's going to not matter at all. It won't do anything. Here is uh, a little bit more from Michael Savage on Cortez and Pellegrino about uh, maybe you know maybe there's some payoff happening around the nation. Michael, let me ask you about your point, though. You, you want to depend on business to apply the pressure here. I don't see that happening because massive corporations, though they might be closing stores in San Francisco, massive corporations, big business, is completely aligned with the Democratic Party in this country. So they are never going to be yeah. the ones to apply the yeah. pressure. This has to be grassroots, doesn't it? It has you to be citizens correct, who are fed lose. up. Steve, you're a thousand percent correct now. But how many stores can they close in how many cities until finally even they have to wake up? When will Nancy Pelosi stop eating ice cream and say this is enough in my city? Yeah.
She has children. She has grandchildren. She lives in a mansion on Pacific Heights. She doesn't know what's going on down on Market Street. Yeah. Of course she does. Why are we hearing nothing in Congress from a shades of the French Revolution almost like she's uh, you know Marie Antoinette living in a mansion you know while the while the while the the rabble uh, fights for scraps. Occasional cortex. <laughs> Even she has a half a brain, and that's cortex by the way, not Cortez. By the way, I'm not confusing. Clarifying. <laughs> Look, it's going to take. Of course, the citizens are pissed off, but Steve right. and Jen, we're nothing. We're peons. The business people control the politicians to a great extent. Oh, yes. With massive amounts of money going up the chain. Wouldn't you feel some responsibility or at least some guilt being a United States senator who eats $12 a pint ice cream out of a $24,000 freezer while this is going on in her city? You think Maxine Waters is the same thing. She doesn't even live in her district. Her, her district is hell on earth. Cori Bush, uh, her district is hell on earth. She has raised herself about it. She was elected. She makes $174,000 a year now. And St. Louis will not get better. You would think that this would affect some of them to maybe want things to get better, do things to make things better, or at least acknowledge the problem. But none of them will. None of them will. Wake up. There were a lot of uh, vote problems with the New York mayoral Democrat primary. There were three finalists and uh, one winner. And uh, Kurt, uh, Curtis Sliwa, who's running as a Republican, he uh, he was on with Rob Schmidt to talk about the voting issues. It's so funny because there are three Democrats who are claiming voter fraud. The confusion with the voting, you can blame that on the Democrats. Like almost everything else that doesn't work here in the city. They can't even get the votes right for their own primary campaign. And if I happen to be Garcia, who finished second according to the AP, I would demand a complete recount. You cannot trust the Board of Elections, and particularly the Democratic conchos who call the shots in. Well, we got to be careful. You know, if you, if you say anything about that election, uh, you know, they might, we might get banned on YouTube and Twitter. Now, Eric Adams is the Democrat nominee right now, presumably. Uh, and uh, he was supposed to be anti-cop. That's why he got, uh, he fooled a lot of people into believing that he is, he is pro-cop, actually. When actually, he's anti-cop. Here is uh, Curtis Leeway talking about that. Uh, Eric Adams, uh, just a percentage point over his nearest competitor. Um, you're going to now face him, and I just want to get your primary thoughts on that. Well, you know, you could put me in Facebook jail, you could put me in Twitter jail, but there's no Google jail. And all you have to do is go back one year in the midst of the rioting, shooting and looting in the streets of New York City, just about this time last year, and say, where was Eric Adams? He was painting Black Lives Matter with his best friend. He's a de Blasio Democrat. He, he painted the, 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 the street in front of Trump Hotel. He loves Bill <laughs> de Blasio, who single-handedly has destroyed this city. In the meantime, I was out there battling the shooters and looters after the police were told to stand back. And when the cops were getting physically attacked. And when their vehicles were getting Molotov cocktail. And when graffiti vandals were spraying the city completely with F the police and words, other pejorative comments about mm -hmm. the police. This former police officer had nothing to say to the rabble and teeth of Black Lives Matter. I was taking them on. So I'm going to remind voters of where Eric Adams was in the midst of anarchy. And now all of a sudden he's a reborn law and order guy. Yeah, right? yeah. And there was uh, there was no crime increase until uh, this week. Democrats have finally noticed that. Here's just a, a brief piece from a um, 
uh, a report, uh, Channel 12 in the Bronx, talking about the rise in crime. And this is a person of color actually saying, why would you cut the police? There's a lot of crime happening in the Bronx. There are shootings every day. There are over maybe two or three shootings a week in the Bronx. And we can't police ourselves. We need authority to come into our communities. Bronx-raised Melody Jimenez is a straight shooter when it comes to talking about preventing crime in the borough. Why would we defund officers that come out here every day? Wait, 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 wait. What did she just say as a person of color? We defund officers that come out here every day and risk their lives. Because there's a lot of money in these streets for these pure violence organizations and nothing is really changing. There, mm, there you go. And it won't. Because there always has to be a problem and the Democrats always have to say they're going to fix it. That's generally the way it goes. By the way, uh, the lead with Jake Tapper has shed 75% of its audience since January. That's almost as much uh, the percentage of gas has increased since last year. <laughs> Tapper's program uh, it averaged 2.8 million viewers in January, settled for only 706,000 uh, May 31st through June 23rd. Tacker, Tapper's second quarter viewership is down 49% compared to the first quarter. So people are not tuning in to them. People are not tuning into MSNBC. People are not turning into Brian Stelter. Why is that? Because they abused the privilege of the First Amendment and towed a party line and avoided stories. That's the worst thing that the media can do is not uh, to not necessarily uh, cover things uh, corruptly, which they do, but to avoid major stories. Hunter's laptop, Hunter's laptop, uh, Hillary Clinton's emails, um, you know, that sort of thing. That's the worst thing they can do is they can avoid stories that are gigantic, that are absolutely gigantic. So... I think that's going to do it for today, guys. I have much more to share with you, but I'm going to save it for tomorrow. Today, the president has a major announcement. Make sure to check out Newsmax. Go Newsmax Live right now, NewsmaxTV.com. Do that right now. You can also watch Newsmax on Rumble. You can also watch Newsmax on, uh, on YouTube, any of those places. But the announcement's coming very soon today, and uh, let's hope it's something gigantic, glorious, and awesome for America. Okay. Thanks again for watching and uh, listening, I should say. Go to Apple Podcasts, will you, on your phone and just download the app, Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you would, leave a five-star review. That would be huge. It would be very helpful. A lot of people are loving the show. And do me a favor, share it on social media today. Let's watch the numbers pop and let's grow together because I think there is uh, much good to be had and, uh, and much good to be done with this show. God bless you guys. God bless our police. Number one, God bless our police. God bless our soldiers. God bless you. Remember Ashley Babbitt. She is being remembered finally. And above all, guys, don't catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.